Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio, to our flagship program here, Real Presence Live. I'm Chris Euler, and I'm broadcasting from Aberdeen, South Dakota, at the heart of the Real Presence Radio listening area uh, from Roncalli High School. And it's a wonderful day up here in the Northland. We just interviewed Deacon Mark Creechy of the Diocese of Crookston talking about uh, faith is a gift and faith is something that brings us great joy as we share it. And so uh, it's been a wonderful show so far and we're excited to keep going on today. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Thomas McKenna who's going to share a little bit about a book written by Cardinal Burke called Respecting the Body and Blood of the Lord. So Thomas, welcome to Real Presence Live. Great to be here with you. Absolutely, and it, and it is a great honor for you to be on with us today, and we look forward to to hearing about uh, this wonderful work that uh, Cardinal Burke has shared with us. So first off, before we dive into the, the book, could you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about, little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm a lay, a lay Catholic that has been working in lay apostolates for my um, entire life, since I was 20, and in 2006 I founded the organization Catholic Action for Faith and Family with Cardinal Burke and Archbishop Corleone, who are old, long-time friends of mine. Um, so, and we, we uphold and promote the teaching of the Church, have conferences, I've published Cardinal Burke's book. Um, we, you know, try to just clarify a lot of the confusion in the Church today, and that's why we recently um, published Cardinal Burke's book on um, discussing the issue of Canon 915, you know, when and how and if you should deny communion to some people sometime. Absolutely, and that's a really important topic in our day and age today. Kind of, I would say, a hot-button issue in certain Catholic circles. You know, as you log on to various Catholic, I'm Calm on Catholic Twitter, and there's always something going on regarding this. And so... Uh, yeah, so the work you guys do, it's incredible. I, I do follow you guys on your social medias and read some of your stuff, so I, I really do appreciate it. So thank you for what you do, first off. And now, uh, first off, let's dive into uh, who Cardinal Burke is. A lot of people, I'm sure, have heard that name, but, but who he is, who is he, and uh, what is his role in the Church? Um, Cardinal Burke is a, uh, was a priest of the, in the United States, he was uh, made a, a bishop of his home diocese of La Crosse in 1994. Then he was the Archbishop of St. Louis, Missouri. I think that was around uh, 2000. And then he was he was called by Pope Benedict to be the head, the head of the Apostolic Signatura, which is like the Supreme Court of the Catholic Church um, in Rome. And so that's when he moved to Rome, and that was about... Um, I think it was around 2009 or so. So that's where he was, and he resides until this day. He's a cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church. He is resides in Rome, and he has um, a great influence and great outreach to many faithful around the country. I've been privileged to um, be a close friend and work with him for over 25 years. Absolutely. He is an amazing man. I had an opportunity to meet him when I was in college up at the University of Mary when he was with Dr. Emanuel Amola. And so uh, it is it is always a pleasure just to hear and see the work that he's doing. And so now as we look at Cardinal Burke, you know, we hear his role as somebody who is uh, ahead of the Supreme Court of the Church, so to speak, right? And he is a very intelligent man. He likes to defend the faith. 
And so what is the main premise of this new book that you guys just released? Well, um, the issue has been ongoing for decades about public, you know, public officials in, in the United States and other countries who profess abortion, legislate for abortion, and other issues, same-sex marriage, or issues that are incompatible with the Catholic Church's teaching, and yet they go to church. Like, sadly to say, our president is in that state. He's a, a radically pro-abortion, and he goes to church on every Sunday or Saturday and receives communion. And that's been an issue that's that's been around, you know, that you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I'm, I'm Catholic, and you can't defy a moral issue. And that's what our president is doing. So Cardinal Burke wrote this book um, quite a few years ago when the, when the issue, it, it continually comes up, is what does the Church teach about denying communion? It's not like just deny communion, he's a bad guy. It's There's teachings, lives of saints, examples that talk about the, the denying communion is the end of the line. When a person is defiant, is publicly pro an issue that's contrary to the Church, and they're public, then the authorities, like a parent, has the obligation to step in and say, I'm sorry, well, you are not in line with the Church. We cannot continue to treat you like a normal Catholic in good standing. And that's what Cardinal Burke's um, this book he wrote was showing the, the love of the Church for these people. And I like to call people's attention to Denying this idea of denying communion is not a penal code. It's based on charity. That mm-hmm. you know, like if, if the person is going outside the church, like a child who's doing something wrong, it's charitable for the parent to step in and say, "No, stop that. That's wrong. You can't do it." It's not just like the parent to mean like, "Okay, stop it. I'm, I'm going to beat the heck out of you." And that's what this is. Is this is is calling attention to a, a, a public sinner who's going down the path to perdition. So it's really about love and charity. And, and that's what Cardinal Burke writes in this book, this treatise, is showing over 2,000 years how that is what the position of the Church is. It's a loving position to correct those that are, who are going astray. Well, absolutely, yeah. And that's something that those who are you know, truth-faithful, who have you know, studied the Church, who come to know the Church and love the Church, that is what they... Uh, that's that's what a lot of people understand it is, but unfortunately in our world today, that teaching is so often misunderstood. So why do you think that is, and how can we help rectify that situation? Well, it's because we don't hear the, the, the truth about that. We don't hear, sadly, and for many reasons, um, the clergy speaking about it, that like... I, I like to give the example of contraception. Contraception is an issue that the Church has said is, is, is contrary to the truth of the Church. How often do you hear a, 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 a homily about contraception? Not, not a harsh—I'm not talking being harsh. I'm just saying a, a comparative, nice homily saying, okay, this is the truth of the Church. This is why the Church thinks this is wrong and our teachers drunk. Why this? So we don't hear about it. So people get the idea that anyone can go to communion. I mean, it's sad to say that the confession lines on Saturdays or whenever are very short these days. Mm-hmm. Yet everyone goes to communion. And I think I think we, we, we should hear more from the bishops, more from the priests, 
talking about what are what are the issues of the day and why we have to be compelled to follow the truth of the church. We can't just it's not a cafeteria church, and that's what we have today: is people going to communion who are doing you know who are you know committing sins on a regular basis, and whether they don't understand it's wrong or they don't know it's wrong, it's still wrong. Absolutely, yeah. And then I th- would you also kind of think that uh, you know when people are denied communion, when they get to that point, and people are kind of a lot of people kind of take offense to it, they freak out about it a little bit. Would you also say that people have this skewed view of love that contributes to this? Um, in what sense do you mean? Like you know, let's say for example, like uh, I, I know uh, Archbishop Cordelione has denied. Uh, former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi in his diocese out of an yes. act of love towards her, right? But, of course, she doesn't yes. see it as loving, right? So that's kind of the sense I'm saying, yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I, he's a close friend of mine, and I know for years, this this decision of his to say to announce in his archdiocese that she should not be welcome to communion, it was, this was a great suffering for him, and this was after years of dialogue with her. This was not a quick decision he made. Is finally, after years of trying to correct her, she she stopped taking his calls. She stopped answering the phone. You know, she would not talk anymore. Then he said, "I I have nothing left to do because she's not allowing me to, to so to say, pastor her." Like he was trying. And so, you know, part of his campaign was he was asking people. He himself, I know this for a fact was was um, fasting on Friday for her conversion. Mm. So he didn't do this out of a meanness. He did it out of compassion for love of Nancy Pelosi as a faithful Catholic. So he, he, he said, but at a certain point, she, she stopped talking to him. He said, okay, I can't do anything else, but I have to let people know she's wrong. She's a, it's, it's scandalous what she's doing, and I'm going to announce that publicly. But yes, you're right. It was out of... It was out of love that he did it. And that's the point of this canon law. It's not based on a penal code. It's based on charity. That charity tells the pastor, I have to correct my faithful who are going down the wrong path. It's not about meanness, like I have, uh, you can't do it my way or the highway. It's about love. You're going down the path of perdition. I'm trying to intervene for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I definitely think that is such a huge, huge thing in our world today to look at like the young people um, in particular who are learning how to quote-unquote love and what love is through the lens of social media and through the lens of the media. And it's really distorting things. And it it is a huge scandal to see uh, people who proclaim to be Catholics uh, push various agendas and and such. So I think this book is incredibly timely. And the work that uh, you guys are doing is so timely and so important. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to bear fruit, and I believe it already has. And so thank you guys so much for the work that you're doing. Now we're going to send it to break here real quick now. Uh, but when we come back, we have some more uh, questions to ask Thomas about certain ways that you and I, we as the church, can seek to defend the Eucharist and promote the real, true teachings of the real presence of Jesus Christ. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard to fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and quickly falls asleep, even as their boat is amidst a huge, life-threatening storm. The text says that the sea was literally shaking like an earthquake. Imagine the disciples' fear as they awake their master saying, Master! Do you not care that we perish? Note that they wouldn't have been in this dangerous situation if they had not gotten in the boat to begin with. They are committed, no matter how big the storm. After setting sail in his boat of radical missionary discipleship, it can often seem that God is asleep or uncaring when we are troubled by the storms of life. The good news is that he is in fact always there and always ready to calm the storm when the time is right. Sometimes the storms are there to show us our total dependence on Him and not on ourselves. Jesus, we trust in you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are here interviewing Thomas McKenna about a work that Cardinal Burke has done about respecting the Eucharist, respecting the body and blood of our Lord. And before the break, we're talking about uh, just the certain realities that we face in our world today of people who are in the public sphere that have denied, who are Catholic, who have denied the truth of Catholic teaching, and uh, in turn steps have been taken or ought to be taken to deny them communion. And so this book, this work that Cardinal Burke put out was to help those of us who are Catholics understand the truth of the teaching of the Catholic faith, but then also to understand the implications of canon law and why people sometimes need to be denied from receiving the Eucharist. And so, Thomas, uh, in light of all that we've spoken about in the first part of the interview, now let's move to some practicals. So how can you and I, or the, the church as a whole, best defend the Eucharist? Well, I think it starts with understanding, explaining priests and bishops to explain better. We have, a, I think, a part of the great crisis in the church in the world today is the lack of catechesis, as Pope Benedict always said, in the church. So if you don't understand what, you know, that the presence, the true presence of our Lord in the Holy Sacrament is body, blood, soul, and divinity, if you don't understand that and believe that, then you don't act accordingly. And I think that's where we are today, is we have people 
going to church or going to Mass on Sunday who don't understand that, who don't truly believe, who don't know what that is. And so as a result of it, everything's watered down. So we have people, that's what Cardinal Burke is writing in the book about, is public figures, high-profile figures, not it doesn't have to be just high profile, but this is what this is addressing. That we have that who promote abortion, promote issues that are radically contrary to our beliefs, but, and yet they go to church and say, "I'm a good Catholic," um, like our president, President Biden, and you know this famous you know Speaker of the House, who former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, um, and others. There's others who who go to you know go to church on Sunday and say, "I'm a good Catholic," but yet. Everything that they, they've done is contrary to the Church, and you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I believe in abortion, I promote abortion, I sign legislation pro-abortion, and then go to show up on, at church on Sunday. That's a scandal. And what's, a, what's also a scandal is not just that they go, it is that the priest and, or bishop of the diocese allows that to happen. That, that's really what the scandal is, is that the bishop allows them to go to communion without, you know, calling them out, saying, I'm sorry, I want to talk with you, I love you, I want to pray with you. But you can't be pro-abortion, you can't be pro-same-sex marriage and then vote that way and sign legislation that way and then come to church on Sunday as though everything's normal. And that's what I think is a great uh, lack of understanding of Catholics today, is our beliefs have to be coherent with our actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that this congruency between our heart and our head and what we do on the externals is so important. So, kind of a clarifying question, I guess. So, you, in order for somebody to have been denied communion or to be denied communion, is it something that has to come from a bishop or can like their local priest or pastor also deny someone? No, it 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 can come from a pastor. Um again, Denying communion is the end of the line, right? right? That's not what. That's that's like the most radical. That's like a radical stance that has to be taken after pastoral care, after discussions. You know, so and that's one of the points that I think is lacking today. As I mentioned, is that priests and bishops and whoever aren't addressing the issue. You know, you don't mm-hmm. just walk up one day and say, "Okay, no communion for you. Get out of here." No. You have to talk to the person, explain to the person, say, you know, catechize them. That's what basically you have to catechize them. If, if after you've explained and it showed them and they still say, nope, I'm going to do this anyway, okay, then that's when you say, okay, then you're not a Catholic in good standing, don't come to communion. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And, and that's what we don't see today is, like, I, I would like to ask the Archbishop of Washington, D.C., where... Um, mm-hmm. Joe Biden resides is okay. You're giving him his. He's allowed to receive you. Who you or a priest or a deacon? Who who is who is reaching out to him to explain to him that his pro-abortion you know uh, stance is leading him to perdition? That's that, that's the question. Who who's reaching out to him? You can, if you're just looking away and saying, "Oh, I can't do anything," well, then you're not a good pastor because he. Being pro-abortion, he's on the way. To, he's on a way to perdition. That's, you can't be that. And that's the point that I'm trying to make, or Cardinal Burke is calling to, is calling people. Is we have an obligation to reach out 
and to say this is right and this is wrong. That's a moral judgment. It's not an opinion. Like I don't like him. He's a Democrat. He's a, no. It's not about position. It's about he is taking a position contrary to the church's teaching, contrary to natural law. You know, killing, and he's he's going to church anyway. We can't. That's unacceptable. And that's what we need to hear from our bishops to say this is a nice, like Archbishop Corleone just said. It's unacceptable that you present yourself as a Catholic, and yet you're doing all these evil things. Absolutely. So, when someone, you know, when some should, when should someone be denied? Well, you already said, yeah, it's this long process of, you know, someone being denied communion. It's the very last stand. Okay. So let's say somebody is denied communion. They get to that point to where archbishops or bishops or pastors have tried everything. They finally come to this conclusion, yep, we must do this for their good. What is the process like for being able to come back into the fold and receive again? Well, it's, it's very simple. It's the, we have reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Is the person mm-hmm. goes to confession, but for someone who's a public sinner, they then need to publicly declare what they had publicly advocated they have to publicly say, I was wrong, I'm sorry for this, the Church doesn't teach that. So it's, it's actually simple, but it takes a lot of um, humility, if you want, to say that. But, but a true conversion, like every time any of us go to con- confession, it's, we have to be humble. You know, we go there and say, Father, you know, bless me, I, I, I sin again. Father, here, I'm sorry. You know, it could be the simplest things and say, Father... I, I, I did it again, and the priest is there to say, my son, my daughter, I understand it, we're all weak, and, and you, sometimes you're frustrated, you say, Father, I, I'm sorry I did this, I, I'm stupid I did it again, and, and, they, and, and you can go to confession. But then they have to proclaim that publicly, and that's the point why a bishop has to say publicly, or a priest, a priest has the right to deny communion to a faithful, it's public. I mean, we all are sinners. And people can go to communal communion, but when it's public, that's when the church says we, because of giving the example to scandal, we the church has to say as an authority, no, you're not worthy, because all these other people know you did these evil things or promoted this legislation publicly, and now you're coming to communion. We can't allow that because it looks like we're in, you know, we're giving you, you're okay, and that's that's what the point that the church has when the church has to step in and make a judgment and say, when you convert, when you say publicly, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I did this, I promoted this, and then the church, the person is back in, in union with the church. And so it's very simple, but it takes a great act of humility. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and that humility is something that is so key, right? Especially even before, you know, that's something that, that was lacking, of course, before that they were making their own rules. They made themselves their own God and voted accordingly or acted accordingly, right? And so that humility, of course, something I think we ought to pray for for those uh, in leadership and for those who are in the public sphere who may cause scandal who are Catholics. And so as we wrap up this interview here, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with those of our listening audience? Well, I just think that all of us need to look in our own lives. Are we worthy to receive communion? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we do have to clarify that people say, oh, you're judgmental. Yes, we are judgmental. When it comes to questions of faith and morals, every Christian needs to be judgmental. You know, if someone is doing something sinful, we have to say that's wrong. We pray for them. We don't hate them. And that's what this is. 
is if we see a public official, a president or a you know, noteworthy person doing something that's contrary to the church, we have an obligation to call, say, no, this is wrong, and I'm not going to you know, follow that person. And even sadly to say today, we don't see that in the church very often, that a, a clergy member calls out a sinner publicly, but we need to pray for that, we need to ask that they, that they do that, because the, we run the risk of other people getting relativized, like saying, oh, they, they, that our president's pro-abortion, he goes to communion, it's not so bad. So let's pray for each one of us, pray for our own souls, pray for our families, that we can also understand what it is to truly be a faithful Catholic. Absolutely. Amen to that. It's a beautiful gift to be able to look in our own hearts, right? To be able to see that we are truly living it. And if we're not, hey, let's change our lives. So, Thomas, thank yes. you. It was, it was a great, great gift to have you on today uh, to share some of the wonderful gifts that you uh, you guys are putting out uh, with your Catholic Action uh, group with Cardinal Burke, and you know I, I'm really encouraged by this, and I hope uh, well, those of us. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It, no, and if your if your listeners would like to get a copy of Cardinal Burke's book uh, with my commentaries about this for the lay people, they can go to Sophia SophiaInstitute.com, SophiaInstitute.com, and they have the the issue of the book that they can receive to uh, understand better this issue. Okay, there you go. So sophieinstitute.com, you can find this book to help us better understand the issue. It's so important for Catholics in, in the 21st century, for those who are serious, to really come to know our faith and the ins and outs of it, you know, both intellectually, but then also to come to know the Lord in our heart. And so, Thomas, thank you once again for the awesome work you guys are doing. Uh, it's a great thing that will help continue the apostolic mission of our church uh, for decades to come. So thank you so much, Thomas. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. You as well. All right, folks. Well, we're just about to wrap up the very first hour of our show. Had an awesome first hour interviewing Deacon uh, Kretschy from the Diocese of Crichton's, right? This joy of the faith, wanting to share the faith, wanting to bring these things that are joyful to the world. And then from that joy, we are able to look at the realities and the truths of our faith and say, in order to have that joy in its fullness, we need to follow what the church teaches. And so, a great time talking to Thomas McKenna there about the work of Cardinal Burke. And so, don't go anywhere. We have some more excellent conversations we're going to have on the second half of this show. We'll be right back to Real Presence Live. 